welcome to Double Book, your place for library news, book recommendations, and reading banter, hosted by Wilmington Memorial Librarians, Charlotte Wood and Aaron Driscoll. We are broadcasting from the WCTV Community Television Studios in Wilmington, Massachusetts, and we want to thank the studio for allowing us to use our facility and equipment. Today's episode is all about romance and a nod to Valentine's Day. Some folks may be a little reluctant to admit they are romance readers, but in truth, most of us have enjoyed a good romantic story at some point in our reading journeys. There are many types of romance novels, everything from harlequin bodice rippers to literary classics like Anna Karenina. And this episode will explore the genre and recommend books for everyone's taste. Our guest today is Assistant Librarian Technical Services, Lori Wurzbicki. Lori enjoys a good romance and is here to share some of her favorites. But before we start with recommendations, Erin, who is our adult services librarian and does a lot of reader's advisory, uh, is going to share her take on this genre. Sure. Um, as I was saying to Lori and Charlotte earlier, I think that romance is one of the hardest genres for reader's advisory just because it's such a wide genre. It's, it's wide open, it's, it, but it's also so personal, like people's tastes. Like, you know, you're looking for what time period do they like? Are they looking for historical? Are they looking contemporary um you know are they looking for something chaste are they looking for something explicit um you know sexual orientation also like you know what genres does it kind of brush up against there's you know supernatural romance there's uh certainly fantasy um sometimes even like sci-fi romance or romance that kind of fits more into the literary fiction genre um it is wide open <laughs> you know as you were speaking i was thinking of like when you said uh, you know there's the twilight series there's the outlander mm -hmm. series I, i'm not a big romance reader but even those i'm quite familiar with and i've read a book in each one of those and you're right and then there's the literary classics as well and Lori, i know you've read a lot of romance so uh, what, what's kind of your favorite or some of the favorites that you've you read this last year sure um <clears throat> contemporary is definitely my favorite um part of romance. Um, probably my favorite two romances of all times was The Hating Game by Sally uh, Thorne, which had a movie come out just this year. Movie was mm -hmm. great, stayed pretty true to pretty true to the book. Um, really cute, front, uh, enemies to lovers. And the other one, my all time, this is probably my number one, is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQu uh, McQuiston. That is the first son of the United States to the first female president uh, who falls in love with the royal prince of England. <laughs> Super cute, um, and it's, it's just a great story. Uh, and other enemies to lovers. Those are my top two picks, I think, of all time. You know, that reminds me, um, I mentioned in the very first episode of Double Book that I'm a Jane Austen fan, and when you talk about the enemies to lovers, it reminds me of the book Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, mm -hmm. uh, which, of course, is a literary classic. And it's probably the best known of her books because of the BBC production uh, with starring Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely that was a six-episode uh, series that really um, kind of brought that to a new audience. Uh, but Pride and Prejudice is also a um, sort of this misunderstanding between two people. They could start off with a lot of friction and you know, kind of dislike or animosity and then of course they're thrown into social situations and they begin to see each other in a different light and you know 
I, I love that one. And, and in the end, you know, of course, they find out that they each had their prejudices against the other uh, and their pride that kept them apart. But in the end, you know, they get together. But that theme, uh, you know, is carried. That, that's a common theme in yep. many popular romances. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I've read that book, but the Colin Firth is definitely my favorite. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I own it. Yeah, the, the BBC production. It's, it's very true to the book. If anyone has uh, not, if anyone's interested, that's a, it's very true to the book. And because it's six episodes, it, it gives the story time to really develop. Um, there's also the Kira Knightley two-hour uh, movie, which is fine, but it's it's got to be condensed, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but I've never seen either. The closest I've come <laughs> is Bridget Jones's Diary. <laughs> yeah, but that's also very good to say. Yes, it's a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. As I've admitted to Lori many times, because I know she's a romance <laughs> fan, I it is not my personal genre. I consider myself like mildly allergic <laughs> to romance, but you know there are as. Uh, Charlotte said in the beginning, there are, you know, some of uh, the occasional love story that slips through, like, <laughs> that I do really enjoy <laughs> and, and, and can recommend. Um, one that comes to mind, and this will tell you how, like, reluctant a romance reader I <laughs> am. I was, I had to read romance for library school. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I picked one and I, I really enjoyed it. It was um, Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. Um, some listeners might recognize recognize Linda Holmes's name from um, NPR. She hosts their pop, pop culture happy hour podcast, uh, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Um, but she has a very, I think the reason I enjoyed it is she has a very uh, witty writing style. Like she's very good at writing kind of quick, witty, like back and forth repartees, like between the two leads. Yep. Um, and it's also just sort of, a little weightier than I think of, which is unfair, <laughs> but that I that I think of contemporary romances being. Um, you know, Evie is she grew up in this small town in Maine, and she's kind of a, a recent young widow, and all of her friends and families kind of treat her as this fragile, grieving woman. When really, like her relationship with her deceased husband husband was not a good one. Um, she's not really grieving the way that they expect her to be. And so when she kind of has a guy move into the apartment at the back of her house, she's, you know, maybe a little <laughs> more, more ready for romance than people like, expected. Um, and I just, I, I really liked, I think her, her writing's great. And I also liked that I, I think the story could stand together, stand on its own, whether these two kind of ended up or not, like ended up together or not. Have you read it, Lori? I have, and I agree. It was a really, it was fun. It moved along quick. You didn't want to put it down. Um, But it, yeah, it centered around relationships and love, which, you know, is all a part of romance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Lori, you had mentioned the the two of your favorite books. Uh, Yes. And so what are the elements that you think that... um, speak to you in a romance novel that that draw you in well I think like a lot of people can (laughs) and I'm going to admit something here a lot of people can recognize this when they watch a Hallmark movie right you know it's how it's going to end and it's going to end with a love a relationship more often than not Um, and you just know that 
you're happy going into it, you're happy reading it, and it's going to have a happy outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, not everything I read is <laughs> like that. Right. But I do love, love, you know, I mm-hmm. love reading about a good romance, it, especially when it's like Evie Drake starts over or, you know, the the enemies to lovers. Has to take a few corners to get there, mm-hmm. um, but I really like it. I, one of the other books that was my um, favorites was Ten Thousand Doors of January, and that isn't technically a romance book, but the uh, you know the meat and potatoes of it is about a love lost and that they're trying to find one another again. And that was a fantastic book, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh- with Jane Austen, um, I was going to say that uh, you know she wrote six novels during her life, and they they all have a marriage plot. Uh, and of course, when Jane Austen wrote, which is around the latter part of the 1700s into the early part of the 1800s, women had had to marry and marry well, or they could face a life of poverty unless they were f- financially independent. And there weren't that many women in that category. Uh, so uh, the marriage plot was was very important. You know who you were going to marry, uh, how you were going to marry. You know, right. uh, so and uh, Jane and her sister Cassandra, neither one of them married, and they were dependent on a brother, Edward, who uh, I won't go into the story, but had uh, enough money to help support them in a very modest way. And of course, there weren't a lot of occupations open to women at that time. But Jane, through her writing and selling of her stories was able to supplement um, the brother's income with a little bit of her own. And of course, her books were not they were not as popular then as they are today. But uh, getting married was very important. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're looking for, and, and a, a lot of the themes in the Jane Austen books are timeless, and that's one of the reasons that she remains popular. She's not rooted in a particular time period because all of her storylines could be could translate into modern times, which they have been. There have been many uh, different spinoffs, uh, like you mentioned, Bridget Jones' Diary <laughs> is one. But in um, there was a a few years back, not that long ago, the Austin Project uh, enlisted uh, modern day authors to take each of her novels and put them into a modern setting. So if you really don't care much for historical you know, or historical romance or, or a, a setting, you know, in, in the early part of the 1800s, and you want a more modern take on a Jane Austen romance, I would say Google the Austen Project and get a list of those titles because they've all been translated into kind of a modern-day setting uh, fairly recently. I don't think there's ever been any other author or that has lasted the test of time it, I mean, there have been adaptations, everything yeah. from zombies to yeah. Bollywood to <laughs> yeah, Pride, she, Prejudice, and Dogs. <laughs> she's had quite a resurgence here. She's like a, her own industry. Yeah, that's right. true. Right. Yeah. yeah. It makes it, Shakespeare's the only other author that comes true. to mind yeah. where kind of the the bones of the story are universal enough right. to, to get these adaptations right. into, you know, all right. kinds of movies. Or, mm-hmm. Austin, you know, Bridget Jones, but also one of my faves, Clueless. Oh, yes. Clueless, yeah, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Adaptation yep. of Emma. Right. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, there is something, uh, you know, good you, good romance story has something kind of universal to it. Um, that was one of my, another 
<laughs> romantic. This is a, a series, I guess. I'm cheating. It's a TV series. <laughs> but another kind of romantic uh, story that kind of slipped through that I, that I enjoyed a lot was um, Starstruck on HBO Max. Has anyone watched it? No, no. I have not. I have not either, but I'm looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Lori and I were talking about it earlier. It is a um, romantic comedy series. It's written and starred um, in by uh, Rose Matafeo. She's a New Zealand stand-up comic, um, and she plays Jessie, who is not a stand-up comic. She's like a – I think she works at a movie theater and is like a really unreliable nanny. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, – She's dragged out to a bar on New Year's Eve by her roommate, um, you know, ends up going home with a guy and realizes the next morning that he is a famous movie star, <laughs> um, Tom Kapoor, who's played by Nikesh Patel. Um, and it is, of course, an unlikely setup, <laughs> but it's very funny. Um, and it's I found it to be really refreshing. It really kind of approaches a lot of sort of the rom-com tropes from like a different angle. You can tell that... Um, unlike me, Rose Matafeo must be quite a fan of romantic comedies. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's very funny. It's charming. Um, it's never too sweet, which is also something that makes me wary of romance sometimes. Like, it's it's kind of very sharply uh, written. Um, and it it's only six episodes long, so it's very bingeable. I think I finished <laughs> it in a weekend. <laughs> um Oh, also, Minnie Driver makes an appearance, who I think she's just oh, great at everything. Love her. <laughs> yeah, she's good, yeah. Um, so that's Starstruck on HBO, and yeah, that was... Yeah, that does sound like fun. That's you know, a common theme I've sort of heard all of us talk about, although I didn't mention it, is um, Jane Austen also has a lot of humor in her novels, especially in Pride and Prejudice, but you mm-hmm. kind of mentioned that you really enjoyed it and there was humor. I think that does add to especially sort of a light romantic... Or it doesn't have to be that light, really, but a, a, a romance should have a little humor in it, I think. Yes. At, at least for me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with any humor genre mashup. It could be <laughs> funny horror. It could be funny yeah. sci-fi. Like, yeah. I'm on board. If, if I'm laughing, I'm right. happy. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you had mentioned the unlikely couple, and I, another one I read last year was Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade, and it was two people, two very unlikely people to get together. He was a... TV star on a, you know, Game of Thrones type show, and she wrote fanfic, and she um, did cosplay. So, and they were just an unlikely pair, but that's a fun, that's a fun, you know, trope. Yes, yeah. Unlikely pairs in uh, Enemies to Lovers. I'm learning, I'm learning more (laughs) romance (laughs) tropes as we go. I'll teach you. So, I'm to throw out something we didn't really talk about this before but you know you, you hear the chiclet right the chiclet yep. genre and then there's the kind of the romance and i know there's probably is chiclet would you say sort of a a subset of romance or is that just can it be chiclet can be something other than romance as well i think of chiclet i could be wrong i think of yeah. it as sort of being um like the space between mm-hmm. romance and contemporary fiction mm-hmm. like usually it has something like I, I think Evie Drake may fall more into chiclet or mm-hmm. what's called like I think now they call it women's literature, which I think is still <laughs> like is still like a problematic name. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but um, I think that may fall more into that because usually there is a romance, but it, it's maybe not um, the linchpin of, mm-hmm. of, the, of story. the story. Right. So here's another question. What's the 
what's the, uh, if there's chiclet, what's, what's the manlet? What would you call that genre? Or is there something within romance that would appeal to men, do you think? Or is it just sort of universal? Good, you know, good, a good story is a good story. Yeah. I know I've seen more, um, and I don't know if these are meant to appeal to men or women, but there are more like bromance like um, books, like more, uh, there's like a series. Do you know the, what I'm talking like about? Bromance, like a bromance book club. Well, bromance book club, yes. Is it yes. like a buddy? More the buddy? It's men that read romance novels to better relate to the women in their lives. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if there is a, mm-hmm. a an equivalent. equivalent. Yeah, an equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listeners, let us know your thoughts. <laughs> Um, I had one more, again, not a book. I feel like I'm cheating a lot this <laughs> episode. But a, a series, um, if you're looking for love stories, but not necessarily romantic love stories, um, there's a podcast series I've really been enjoying lately. It's called uh, This Is Love. It's by the same um, creators of the Criminal podcast, which is another podcast I really enjoy. <laughs> um, but essentially it's... They tell um, true stories. They interview, like, people, um, stories of unconventional love. Like, sometimes it's romantic, but sometimes it's, um, you know, one of them is the story of a man who found a baby on a subway, and he and his partner um, end up adopting the the kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a story of, like, a person's kind of, like, profound uh, experience with nature. Like, there's one that's about a, a champion swimmer. She has swum the English Channel and the Bering Strait, so she, you know, very good swimmer and mm-hmm. realizes one morning when she's swimming that she's being followed by this, like, lost baby whale. So oh. she spends, like, hours with the Coast Guard trying to swim him back, like, to his mom. <laughs> um, yeah. So just these, like, really... Touching, moving, like, uh, stories that are kind of a, a different take on, on a love story. I love, right. Not romance, but love. Right. Yeah. yeah. There well, is a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's the This Is Love podcast. And also the host is um, Phoebe Judge. She's also the host for Criminal. And I think she just has an excellent podcast voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's very calming, very warm. <laughs> I can listen to her forever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so that is my uh, offbeat love story <laughs> see, <laughs> recommendation. I think I, see, I think you're more of a romance uh, aficionado than you admit. Right. right. After yeah, all. you know, yeah. I'm not a monster. I do, <laughs> I do love love. Just, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I need to be, like, there we go. tricked almost. It needs to be, like, literary fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you got there in a very roundabout yes. way. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah. The one thing I do want to say, one last comment about Jane Austen, and this is uh, something I was reading recently, and actually, um, I think it was Rudyard Kipling who, during World War One, recommended Jane Austen to troops that had shell shock. You know that she, it, it's, and I found that rereading her during the pandemic is very comforting. Like I think, like you said, you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. There's no surprises. There's no shocks. It's kind of, but it's a nice story. And it's good literature. Yep. But there is something therapeutic about reading reading a good book. Yeah. That's so true. I'd recommend that during uh, uh, COVID if you're you know feeling anxious or just wanting a little escapism. Yep. Right. 
I listened any, to any it yeah. on Hoopla. I was able to listen yeah. to the book after I had read it. Right. And it, I don't know, brought to life a little bit more. Right. But any of our recommendations today, I think, would probably be good uh, good for the soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're looking for good other good voices, a lot of the Jane Austen books have gotten great uh some heavy hitters to to voice them. I think Emma Thompson is oh, yeah. the yes, voice right. of one, yeah. and like some good good mm-hmm. listening. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we have uh, provided you with some great love stories to get your February <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> um, and tune in next month. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm.